The Last Word with Matt Cooper. The prevalence of reality TV social media influencers has increased the demand for active skincare and what is described as tweakments. Now, it's not only Gen Zs who are seeking out Botox and vampire facials. Younger and younger people are in pursuit of a face that doesn't move and doesn't show signs of ageing. In a moment, we're going to hear from Jennifer Rock uh, from The Skin Nerd and Dr. Finian Fallon, a psychotherapist. But first, I'm joined by Dr. Brian Higgins from the Galway Primary Care Centre, who runs a skin clinic. Uh, Good evening, Brian. How are you? Hi, how are you? Brian, I'm dying to know sort of what's the profile of people who are coming into you looking for these, as we call them, tweakments? Um, my clinic is the Galway Skin Clinic and I suppose the demographic patients we're usually seeing are men and women who have visibly started to show the signs of ageing. Um, and that can present at different times for different people depending on their history of skin care, whether they've used SPF, whether they've had a lot of sun holidays, whether they're smokers. And generally from our clinic, we do some medical uh, dermatology looking after acne and rosacea, and we do some aesthetic management. And what we try to do is really focus on um, that individual's concerns and to ensure that the, how would you say, some patients are can develop uh, a condition called body dysmorphia mm-hmm. where they can become very concerned that a very normal appearance is an abnormality and a lot of the treatments that are done say dermal fillers are can be used for volume replacement and anti-wrinkle injections to reduce lines and wrinkles and some patients unfortunately can be very concerned that they're very normal and attractive face needs um, some form of change. And for many people, that just isn't the case. Thankfully, in my clinic, uh, we don't have a huge amount of these patients coming through. But unfortunately, because of some unrealistic um, standards that could be developing through social media or, or, or reality TV, we do get these younger patients looking in the mirror and thinking that there's just something wrong with them when there isn't. I know it's interesting. So, Brian, I actually made a documentary last year for Virgin Media Television. It was called To Die For. And it was looking at this sort of thing of people who would travel abroad for cosmetic surgery specifically. And sorry, just to say for anyone listening from the outset, this conversation is taking place in a totally non-judgmental. You know, people can choose to do whatever they want with their body and you can choose to, to do or make changes in whatever way you want. But I think one of the things that was really interesting to me was how how varied the, the selection was in terms of choice of treatments and things that people were getting done. But crucially, you know, there was a time, Brian, where this stuff was preserved for like Hollywood A-listers and people mm. on red carpets. And now it's like, you know, your neighbour down the road is is kind of popping in to get, you know, major procedures done. And, you know, when we talk about younger and younger people, we're not just talking about women here, are we? No, women and men. And like personally, I think it's really nice if someone has had, like I'll often see someone after you know, maybe they've had a difficult pregnancy or Mm. their kids have just started to go to primary school and they just feel wrecked and they feel like they've aged and they might have some pigmentations or some lines. And generally what we're trying to do is we're trying to restore a kind of fresher version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really nice thing to be able to do with somebody for somebody. And I think if someone comes in and they've maybe a really deep furrow between their brow and that really bothers them. I think it's really okay to be able to offer that person treatment. And I do think sometimes the conversation can sway that it can seem quite judgmental for these people mm. who are just who just want a kind of freshen up to boost their confidence. Mm. And I think that's a very, very different thing from um, somebody who's maybe 
16 looking to get an injectable treatment, which, to be honest, would be totally inappropriate. And do you and see people that young, Brian? Because that's 16 is shocking. Um, so I would see a lot of, say, patients for acne when they're when they're teens. And yeah. sometimes you will find that somebody um, maybe 18 or 19 might book an appointment requesting preventative Botox are looking for a dermal filler. And I, my own personal feeling about that is that person might have really low self-confidence and they might be suffering with anxiety. They might be bullied. They might just been after breaking up with someone who's quite horrible to them and they might just be really shaken in themselves. And I think it's a very irresponsible thing to say, oh, you want this? Okay. I'm going to do it for you because what you're telling them is, do you know what? You're right. There is something wrong with you. And I, I personally don't do that. Um, I think it's my job as, as a doctor to provide someone the best care. Um, and often that's psychological support and building confidence. And we shouldn't always uh, resort to an injectable treatment for that because often it is the wrong thing to do. At that point, I just want to bring in uh, Dr. Finian Fallon, Fallon, psychotherapist. Uh, Dr. Finian, thank you so much for joining us. I know I spoke to you at the time we were making the documentary about exactly what Brian is talking about there. This idea of this constant pursuit of perfection. I mean, you deal with patients who are, are in this situation all of the time. Yeah, I work mainly with uh, patients uh, with obesity and I do assessments for them, who for patients who want to have surgery. But body dysmorphia is often present with patients uh, who have overweight, not all the time. But there is a huge explosion as well in the influence of social media on on these uh, on candidates for surgery and for people in general who are looking for Botox procedures uh, in general. And we know this phenomenon of what's called prejuvenation, which is the kind of young people uh, seeking out Botox treatments to, as a preventative way is also the exploding. But a lot of it, I think, has to do with the pressure of social media, where a lot of the people who are talking and promoting these ideas are not not physicians, basically. Something like 85% of people talking about prejuvenation on TikTok are non-physicians. So they put huge uh, negative influence and negative self-view on people um, in terms of how they look at their body and compare it with other people. And we know how impactful that is in the dieting world, for example. Young females who go on diets are eight times more likely to develop an eating disorder. So this negative pressure on on youth uh, to to appear a certain way is huge and growing. And Dr. Fallon, you've worked in this for a really long time and you've, you know, have you seen a change in attitudes from people coming through even in the last maybe 10 years when, when these types of procedures have become more and more accessible? I think, as you said earlier on, like on some levels, it's great that people have more and mm. more access to these uh, procedures and, and good for them. It's great. My only concern is that some people, the, the, the other parallel process that's occurring is there's a huge increase in the level of anxiety and depression among young people. And that often can be turned into an, a kind of an obsessive focus on their on their appearance in the context of the pressures of our culture. And that can make it for a confusing, difficult uh, process of making the right choice for people in terms of having these procedures and going ahead for Botox, etc. As I say, my view is that in general, it's a, it's a, it's a positive good. Interestingly, people who have uh, facial injections of Botox, uh, Botox, might, Botox might actually have a reduced experience of depression or less depression um, for whatever reason, possibly because they frown less. But, but certainly there's huge cultural pressure on people to appear a certain way. There's a huge growing level of anxiety and that puts more and more pressure on young people to, to focus on their appearance and sometimes fret about it excessively. Jennifer Rock from the Skinner. Jennifer, what is a vampire facial? I don't. I actually don't know what a vampire facial is. Hi, how are you, Sarah? I think Dr. Brian could probably answer that a lot better than I. My understanding mm. is that it's 
well, it, it kind of comes from the fact that it's all about trying to stimulate growth factors in the skin. So mm-hmm. it's not something that we tend to consult on. So what we would see, similar to the two gentlemen prior to me, is that there is a huge increase in people consulting with us. So bearing in mind, we've carried out 60,000 consultations. So it's quite a large amount of, of, of the interested aesthetic world, if you will, online mm-hmm. over the last years on the skinder.com. And the... There's no doubt about it. In the last eight weeks, there's been a huge increase of parents coming to us asking about their preteens, their tweens, their teens, and then those in their 20s that are no longer satisfied with their home care where they're already perhaps cleansing, applying active serums, as you mentioned the word active earlier, ultimately means that it's key ingredients that can penetrate into the skin that will have a positive impact and change, and then an SPF. But now they're looking for advice on what should they do, what can they do, that's that slightly more invasive than what your home care will allow we don't offer those treatments, so we have a lot of information and blogs on the website that people can learn about it. We work alongside like dermatologists and doctors that are you know, qualified to comment on these treatments and whether they are suitable for you. But I think the last point that was made there by Dr. Fowler is we have a huge responsibility because we live online mm. and we're conscious that we really have to be so careful of what we say and what words we're using and that we're not really praying into people's insecurities, particularly when it's minors and they're starting to become so upset about the reality of anti-aging as early as seven, that's definitely not something we want to be feeding into. So these conversations really help us to I think, discuss it openly and see what is realistic and what is changing and what is okay for us to do and, and make sure it's in a non-judgmental manner. Yeah, definitely. I think this is important to have this conversation and know that, you know, that, that people can make decisions for themselves of what they want to do. And I'm still joined here by Ben Finnegan today, FM uh, news reporter. Ben, we were just mentioning earlier, like this isn't just a female thing, is it? I mean, a lot of men now are finding themselves, you know, even when we were doing the documentary, so a lot of men who were particularly traveling abroad for things like hair transplants, you know, like men feel pressure now as much as women do to sort of meet an expectation. And it, it, it's nearly become a thing where it's thrown out in casual conversation among men where mm. their way of asking, are you worried about your hair is, have you looked into Turkey? Because that's, that's where so they so rude to say go. that to somebody. Well, that's kind of the way that it's yeah. been going. And people would say questions like that. And even bald friends, they may be asked, did you ever look into going to Turkey or anything like that? Now, the reason why people would go to Turkey is because the cost, basically, you can get it done in Ireland, but you could get it done for a fraction mm. of the cost in Turkey. Now, I do know and I'm aware of uh, some people who have gone through the procedure a couple of years ago. Their hair where they didn't get the treatment done, continued to recede. Mm -hmm. So they had hair where they got the treatment done, but didn't have hair where they didn't have it done. Mm. So they had to go and get the treatment again. So there is, like, it's not just young people and it's not, like, that's not social media. That's people's friends, I think. Maybe it's an element of social media as well Mm. that people are thinking my hair could be fuller than it is now. But certainly that is um, kind of friend groups and peer groups that are kind of encouraging somewhat people to look into the idea of, you, you can get a full head of hair if you want it. Mm. But aren't we awful hard on ourselves and hard on each other, Finian? I mean, isn't it just sort of cruel in so many ways? I mean, when did we, you know, when did we stop sort of embracing the idea of, you know, love the skin you're in and kind of, you know, this sort of idea of embracing what you've got? Did that, when did that shift, do you think, or was it ever really fully there? <laughs> Wasn't ever really fully. Yeah. I think, you know, it goes way back in history. We found perfumes and various uh, concoctions in the, the tombs of the pharaohs that were used for beauty, etc. So it's always been a, a somewhat a human obsession. You know, the discovery of the mirror could be blamed for a lot of this. Um, but it, the reality is, yeah, that there is more and more information out there on social media, and it is a huge factor. Um, we're not quite sure yet. The research isn't sure whether or not social media in uh, to the levels we're using it is good or bad for us in terms of anxiety and depression. It's definitely creating, providing more information 
information and it makes these conversations more normalised but it also puts more pressure on people and I think it's really important to teach young people you know, about self-esteem, about being a bit critical of what they, what they listen to and what they look at on, on social media and how to deal with that and how to, uh, not to not to give children a life online but to make it more in line uh, and focused in, on a criticality that's really necessary for using social media that's not quite there yet. Okay, I'll give you the last word, Jennifer. What do you think, what would be your advice to anyone listening today? Maybe might have a young person sort of under 18 considering, you know, maybe wanting a tweakment or wanting something, you know, like obviously good skincare is a good starting point, I suppose. Skincare is definitely a good starting point. I think asking yourself why you want to do it, I suppose that's definitely step one. Is it how you feel in yourself? As mentioned earlier, people feel fatigued or tired and so on and so forth. But then ultimately, if you are, you know, start with the skincare to get that right, that's your foundation element. And then if you are contemplating tweakments and treatments, it's to ensure that you're going to a specialist and they have a really detailed consultation. Come away from it. Make sure that it's correct for you, not just from an emotional perspective, financial investment. There's an awful lot to consider. I don't think it's something you should go in and have on the same day. So, yeah, taking that time to honestly have that conversation with yourself and then seeking out the correct medic and advice that can ensure that it's done in safe hands. Okay, Jennifer Rock, Dr. Brian Higgins and Dr. Finian Fallon, thank you so much for joining us here on The Last Word. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-